1: Now, here's
0: your host, Ken Rashad.
1: Welcome. We are live on a beautiful day in the D.C. area. So happy to have my guests, Jim and Gordon, who I met. Well, I've met Gordon before, but I met Jim for the first time outside the 360. And by the way, good old Ray Perez is having his power day today in Miami. And uh, here we are. I'm I'm supporting the 360 man right during the power day. That's right. He'll be so proud. After this show, I'm going to go on and I'll, I'll let him know that you were representing the 360 as well. Perfect. And Gordon, you can be a 360 person too. I could be. Do you know what it is? Yeah, the the station, the network. It is a network, yeah, but it's it's... it's pretty- it's pretty cool and unique and i wouldn't know jim if it wasn't for that 360 because he was on one of the banners or uh or or just one of the showcase people and so i grabbed his 360 put it on my phone i don't know if i text you or not, i usually do but we ran each other at jesse's event and mm-hmm. <clears throat> jesse and desiree cruz wow yeah but what, what a great event the mike story yeah he uh picked Three amazing judges. We couldn't fit all three, and I mean, there's only there's only so much room on the screen, right? <laughs> but it was really good to see you, and it was it was kind of wild. I said, "Let me put you on my phone." I go, "Oh, you're there, yeah, oh, Mister 360." So that's how you got the inside curve. That's right. Um, if we have time, we're going to show a very affectionate picture that uh, Jim uh, has with Jesse. Their relationship is very very special. It's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, You know, Jim, you're probably going to be a little bit uh, saddened by what I'm about to say, but your name being Jim and not Jim with a G, you will be the second guest to kind of share your story today. But if you had been Jim with a G, you would be beating Gordon.
2: Oh, well, I'll have
1: to to change that to, maybe I'll change it to (laughs) Ajim. Man, always, like he didn't, do you see what he Gordon? He doesn't just try and get the G. He says any probably beat about Let's get right up. Yeah, right to the top. <laughs> uh, um, besides the fact that we'll be talking briefly and, and, and by the way, I have to say that both your generosities of giving me this book is what seeded the fact I really wanted you on my show. And it's, it's cool that a book can have that type of lasting effect because when I was looking them over, I said, these are great books. These are great content and they're needed content because so many people don't have all the answers and never will have all the answers on relationships and how they work but these will guide you to better answers and better relationships yes so um let's first of all give some love to jesse and desiree we'll start off with uh hey do you mind since he's never gonna go first the rest of the show do you mind if jim starts off with uh absolutely absolutely all right uh, jim uh, jim um jim, can, yeah perfect bless you <laughs> yes exactly um what, what do you think of the the event uh jesse desiree and what what do you take away from it
2: well i've known jesse and desiree for a little bit now only for you know six eight months i've known other events but i've never experienced it other than seeing photos of it so to be there firsthand to experience i thought they did a bang up job they did a fantastic job and they you could tell that they really worked with the speakers and had poured into them, give them some uh, some additional uh, encouragement and support and and direction. And uh, I thought it was just a really well run event. He was pretty much on time through the whole thing. And uh, no, it was just a just a stand up job, stand up job.
1: That is kind of a rarity, isn't it? Things running. Oh early. sure, yes, absolutely. got a really nice model, and he attracts great speakers. And regardless of how many speakers he has, he makes yeah. sure full of content.
2: Yes. Yeah. Full of content. And it's just great that they use their own stories, right? And just bring it to life, bring it to today to be able to share it. I mean, some of the stories those people were sharing
1: over the weekend were just, they were gripping my heart. Do you have a favorite part you'd like to share besides kissing Jesse? I mean, what what was another favorite part of the, the event? I
2: think another favorite part was one of the speakers, I was really drawn to her story um, because, you know, I'm a father with a daughter and I can't imagine, uh, my daughter going through abuse and this, this young lady had gone through so much abuse. Um, I, I just, um, I had to get up on stage with her to give her some final direction because I was so encouraged by what she did, the way she stood there and embraced the audience. And it caused the audience to just fall in love with her and to come into her heart Um, it, it, it moved me a little bit. I have to be honest. I had to stop for a second because I started getting choked up because I was just getting emotional,
1: uh, just seeing that breakthrough for her. One of my favorite parts was actually Gordon edifying that moment with, you need to allow yourself what you deserve, which is Mm -hmm. the reason when people are going completely crazy and excited and are inspired by you, the, when you step away, you're not taking in what you deserve. And that's right. Gordon that was that was one of my highlights and I brought that up at the end of the event that that was such a, a crucial part the um as a zany part the 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 quadruple Z Danny Z oh yeah and oh. when he hit out those forks, it was like, what's he doing here? but he was demonstrating it doesn't matter which fork he has he's gonna make some wacky stuff happen. Yeah. I I have to tell you um I wanted to steal Jesse's fork so bad because he was the one who got the prize fork that it was going every direction. was oh, that right? Yeah. And Danny, when if you're listening, just so you know, we're giving you a beautiful shout out, but you said that you have a holiday book and that you would entrust it with me to publish for the holidays. And I, he is so confident and excited about this holiday book he wrote about uh, a very entertaining and very different way of looking at Santa Claus and the holidays. As you could imagine, it would not be anything close. Oh, no, I can't imagine that coming from Danny Z. <laughs> so Gordon. And I've been practicing your name all day. So I'd say, right. Perfect.
3: <laughs> it's so hard. The, their event was awesome. It, you know what? Um, I would echo what Jim said in terms of it was, it was very well put together. It was very well structured. The speakers were amazing. And like, like Jim said, you could tell they had already poured in and spent time with some of these speakers in terms of giving them guidance and leadership and, and, uh um, some really really good takeaways and then when we did the the i like that format where they would speak and then um, the judges would give them some feedback and then watching them go from day one to day two where they implemented that that what they had been told the day before that would make them better and they stepped into that and and used it to make themselves better it was really 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 well done Um, some amazing i mean it's not uh i don't think it's a coincidence that uh jesse and desiree attract amazing amazing speakers and people into their into their um events because that's who they are Right? that's that's literally who they are and so you know it was it was a wonderful wonderful time i I enjoyed myself
2: tremendously
1: you know uh there was a little it was a little dicey um if you recall the first 30 minutes of the event, Gordon. Uh, do you remember this, Jim, when I saw Gordon and he came on stage and we hugged and it was a very uncomfortable 20 minutes that we had been hugging. And Jesse was looking, watching he says, <laughs> got a program to do And he was really concerned that he wasn't going to enter in time because we really, the hug time was excessive. Yes, that's right. Yes, so, it can with Gordon.
3: Absolutely <laughs> it can, for sure it can. I just have to make sure people know that I care.
1: <laughs> There's no doubt about it. So uh, Gordon, um, and, Jim, I had shared with you that we're going to be putting you in the dose of hope, which gets out to millions of people, hopefully even 20 million. Mm. or uh, When the project's completed, four hundred ninety-nine, 498 other influencers and uh, heart-centered leaders that are really doing great things, to include Rudy uh, from the movie Rudy, Frank Shankwitz from uh, Make-Wish Foundation, Paul, William Paul Young from The Shack, et cetera. And the cool thing is you get to pay it forward by saying, hey, this person brought me hope when I needed it. I'd like to nominate him to be in the Hope Project. So right now we're around 300 people, 200 slots open still, and we're looking for the right person to give this beautiful gift certificate to. So format is, how'd you create who you are? Because you can't have a why, you can't have a purpose until you actually own the fact that you are a person you're proud of that deserves a purpose. So Gordon, um, because your name does not start with a J. <laughs> or uh, an A. We are gonna start with you. So, um, you come across a person who's never had any challenges, always had kind of the silver spoon, never really had any problems in life. So, one, congratulations on having that type of lifestyle and attracting that.
3: I wish. I wish. Actually, you know what? I don't. I, I, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but um, you know what? It's what's happened to us in our lives, our experiences that make us who we are, that make us who we are.
1: And-, and- what we do with it and i do i don't want to uh interrupt you but i do want to say that that was the commonality in the dose of hope is every person who had the best hope and inspiration story i asked them if they were on the air hey if you hadn't had this horrific situation or childhood would you have had this amazing creation or this amazing impact and they said no No. it it really does shape us you know and we talk about
3: sometimes you hear people say oh i wish i'd have done that 10 years ago or 20 years ago and I'm like, you know what? You were, probably wouldn't have listened to you 20 years ago or 10 years. You weren't ready to hear that then. You're well, ready to hear it now and do something about it. So
1: oh, I, I said, I wasn't going to interrupt again, but you know, that would be if I was telling the truth, there's a, there's a big difference in a host that tells the truth and one that's not. Okay. <laughs> I do want to say that I cannot pay attention and enjoy the show until I actually put this up. <laughs> it's,
3: it's right there. It's right there.
1: Oh my gosh, it was so great to give you the book that you're in and you're representing Canada in that book. I mean, and you are you, the cool thing about this dose of hope story is that you're able to purpose it into positive leaders of Canada or positive speakers. So I, I just want to say, uh, Gordon motivated and inspired me to make this version because all the Canadians were looking at this and they were like, I don't get what you're saying. There's no way I can break through the translation. And boom. This- <laughs> So, it's great to have two Canadians and uh, loved Niagara Falls. Uh, I've loved every single experience I've had in uh, Canada, except when I was in Quebec and got pulled over by a police officer. That was the only one I didn't like. (laughs) That's what happens in Quebec. He was not happy when I couldn't speak French and my last name is French. He was not at all happy. Mm, That makes sense. He says, your last name is French and you don't speak French? like that." All right, Gordon, uh, so if you'll be kind enough to share where you were born, what your childhood was like, what defining moment happened in your childhood that caused you to be who you are today? Um, I, Gordon D. Malva, I was
3: born in Toronto, actually, uh, and then we moved to Dorchester, but at a really, really young age, it was very traumatic. I didn't talk for about a year and a half, um, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, those are jokes, by the way, but anyway. Um,
1: <laughs> I was wondering what I should do with that, because. I- <laughs> um
3: but yeah i mean childhood we were raised very 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 strict um um religious upbringing and i i as much as at the time i didn't like that very much and i pushed back on it a bunch um it really put me in a good stead going forward and and really laid the foundation for uh being able to move forward in a place that gave me a positive outlook and a grounding that quite frankly, I needed. And so, you know, it, it provided me with some, I, but again, like anybody, I think, right. Like there were things that, that going back to your silver spoon, um, I had meningitis and scarlet fever before I was three. So that left me with epilepsy. It left me with a whole whack of challenges um, as a kid on top of all the regular things. And so um
1: I mean, so Gordon, that was actually mean of you to say, um, well, my first year was kind of traumatic, I couldn't speak. I mean, we are just going through all the trauma stories we were talking about from the stage and how much they affect our heart. And he starts that and he's like, I was just joking. And, and by the way, I'm gonna hit you with like four diseases I had that completely crippled me. Oh my God, <laughs> Gordon. You know, remind me also Steve Martin, cause Steve Martin uh, says, uh, my mom and dad, they recorded me when I was a baby and they went, glug, glug, and they said, what did you mean by that? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, don't <remember.
1: laughs> I don't remember
3: but you know what it it's interesting that we carry that stuff forward i, I remember uh, something that um a parent said to me somebody important in my life said to me when i was about 14 or 15 that i i still carry and it's something that created a, a scar at the time that has been very difficult to to even at 55 years old now to be able to um, it would create a paradigm in me that, that's that been very difficult to push away. And and uh, it took me years, decades to, to get past it. And I didn't even realize it was there, which is kind of interesting to me that sometimes trauma in our lives, we carry forward without realizing we're holding on to that baggage. And it was impacting my life. And, and um, this one of my parents said to me, um, pointed at me and said, you'll never amount to anything and and just to, to say that to a child um it it was something that motivated me going into my into my late teens 20s 30s uh, something was i was driven i was always that energizer bunny push push, push 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 and i think part of that was this thing that said no no i'm going to amount to something i am going to be somebody and um well there are good parts or negative parts to that for sure there's a lot of good parts to that as well because it 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 pushed me. It was fuel that I used to to motivate myself to push forward. And so sometimes we can take some of the negative things that have happened to us in our lives and, and use them in a positive way. Um, now, did it create some challenges? Yep,
1: absolutely it did. Um, for sure it did. But uh, what stem- it helped mold me. Hey, Gordon, what stemmed from uh, you want to prove it wrong? Because the part of telling someone you are nothing or you're going to amount to nothing... It, isn't it that there's something else that uh, fuels that to, to make him prove him wrong?
3: Well, it, it could be a whole bunch of things. I mean, there's anger, there's frustration, there's, you know, who I am, my worth and value, right? Um, all of those things bleed into that because something in deep inside says, no, 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 screw you. I, I'm going to absolutely make sure. And and so the the hurt that comes with that, right? There's a bunch of stages, but there's a bunch of emotion attached to that whether it starts with hurt and then moves to anger and frustration and whatnot, you're gonna bottle all of that up and hold it inside and then use that as a sort of a tackling fuel if you is a water boy, um, that kind of a, um, an outburst of emotion that, that just sort of was pent up and deep underneath everything else, right? Because it wasn't something that I looked at and saw or, or identified even, through my teens and 20s and 30, it wasn't something I could have put my finger on and gone, hey this is what's fueling that uh, it was much I later did, before I figured that
1: out and I just realized Gordon that's kind of the the pendulum swing of your long hug is that you want people to feel they're not just worthy and valuable but yeah. that you personally get so much worth and value and inspiration from them absolutely
3: but- I want them to know they're seen and heard right they're, they have worth and value just because they are just because like for no other reason it doesn't matter what they what they do or what they have or or what their title is or how much money they have none of it matters because they are right here right now they don't need anything else they have infinite value and i want people to know that i want people to feel that when you know there's a time and a place to to grab you know guys we bump shoulders and there's a time and a place for that you know when they get on my monday stage i can't hold on to them for for you know two minutes three minutes with a hug but But when I'm really being intentional, I think that's where it, where it falls down for us sometimes, especially for guys, because we don't want to look weak, we don't want to, uh, we don't want to show that kind of emotion. And so, you know, there's a disconnect, we're talking about relationships uh, with with Jim and the books and whatnot, is, is being able to let our people know, our our friends and our family and our significant others and, and our children know, hey, I care, I see you, I hear you, you have value to me and I, I really care. And so, you know, being able to know how to hug heart to heart and hold on is something I was teaching this past weekend in Atlanta to a bunch of men, because it's something that I think would help our relationships if people know, hey, you know what,
1: you're valued. So my son's not really taking a lot of initiative. I've noticed. Uh, so do you think it's a little too late for me to get into his face and say, you ain't nothing doing. <laughs> a- what I know about your son, that,
3: that would be completely inaccurate. <laughs> He's, uh, I mean, unbelievable. Your son's absolutely incredible. So, you know, um, I was, I would say I was 15 or 16 when, when that was said to me. So, um, there's still time for you to do that to him if you really want to screw him up for the next decade or two. Um, but, but you know, uh, yeah, it's, it, and it doesn't matter whether they're 15, 16, they're 10, 11, they're four, five, six. It, it, that stuff sticks with you um, for a long time if we can't step past it, right? Because they're the foundation of our lives got programmed. Those paradigms got programmed by our parents and our teachers and our, Church people and anybody, any of the adults that we trusted as children, they put those paradigms in us. And that's what guides us in our subconscious for however long it takes before we figure it out that, you know what, we start to challenge it a little bit and go, hey, that's not right. Or I don't like that. Or why do I think that way? But usually that takes another major event happening in our life to to, to rock our foundation and to pay, pay attention and look at it.
1: Well, it, it is an interesting slope or path that we take as a parent because the parents who are immigrants that work their butts off and then they have these self-entitled kids they're like what have i done you know it's they're yeah. couch potatoes and my son's not too far off of that i i said hey kenny you're doing this boy scout stuff and you got like nine days that you had weather i was on the road and you didn't hit the sales that you said you were going to do you, you got to write emails you write 50 emails to people you can even write my friends and say hey this is what i'm doing and you have to write it first question he asks, how long is this going to take <laughs> <laughs> and then then when i um showed him how to do it and he could just copy paste the content says this still seems like it's going to take at least 20 minutes i go are you kidding
3: <laughs> And i just do a tiktok
1: oh my god well i i don't know about tiktok i don't know if that's going to help with his boy scout thing but if you think it would i, I will do anything he's uh Definitely having more challenges than he thought. And you know what's funny is just one year, the cuteness factor is evaporating. Like, first of all, look at look at his hair. I mean, he's like a rebel, right? Yeah. But last year, he, he was nice and tight and just looked like he, he could barely use the English language. He was like, scouted. <laughs> scout. <and laughs> it
3: reminds me, that picture when I first saw it, he reminds me of Garth Brooks doing the other character.
1: Yes. He yeah. has that look to it. That was such a crazy shot because I said, Kenny, it's five days. I'm heading on the road. We got to get this shot now or it's not going to happen for your book. And so he goes over to the door and the nice light's coming in and, and he gets his hair. And I said, all right, we'll do it. And we'll try it out. So um, we have uh, definitely a couple minutes. I want to make sure uh, we share about your purpose. And how many books have you done, Gordon? Um, well, not counting
3: that one.
1: There's
3: three. Um there's, uh, that's four, there's another, there's an ebook coming momentarily. There's three more personal development coming by the end of the year. There's a and bunch it, of stuff there. Your shoes sometimes to count? I, yeah, I take my sandals off, yeah.
1: Sandals, that's right. So uh, what is what is your purpose? I mean, the audience doesn't know that you play in the big league. You, you work with some of the most charismatic, influential celebrity types to get their game to another level. Would you share mm-hmm. um, briefly before we go to break? how important that is and what that purpose is.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, purpose is to change the lives of every man, if I just boil it all down. Um, I talk a lot about our emotional quotient, uh, raising our emotional quotient. And so, you know, my avatars are, are entrepreneurial men and pro athletes, and I'm a, a mindset energy coach for a pro basketball team locally here. Um, and being able to, to have them understand, hey, you know what? Um, number one, you got worth and value. Uh, underneath it all. But then what are you building on top of that? What's the mindset that's being created out of that? And so, you know, my mission and my passion is is teaching primarily men um, how to plug into that, how to have that kind of emotional intelligence, how to raise their emotional intelligence and be able to plug in and be vulnerable and transparent in their relationships. Because I think a lot of times we're, we're stepping out, we're cheating, uh, not with another human, but with our relationships at home, with our job. Because mm-hmm. we get validated at work, uh, we get paid well, we get told we're doing a good job, we know we've got confidence there, we know we do a good job, but then we go home and 50% of relationships uh, end in divorce. So maybe I suck as a, as a husband and my kids look at me and go, you're not the boss of me and I hate you and you know, I don't get validated at home at all. So then I just want to spend my time at work. And that creates a, a paradox where you know, we're, our relationships at home are just deteriorating and we're not plugged in the way we should be into the, some of the most important Um, relationships that we have so being able to raise our emotional quotient they used to say people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care right that's that's eq that's emotional quotient so i teach a lot of that tools and strategies to be able to deal with the regular emotion we all feel every day but we're taught not to show and don't know what to do with
1: yeah i love that and uh i agree with every assessment you made that people are divorcing or having lots of challenges in their marriage because they're learning how to succeed at work and they see it and they apply it but if they went home and they applied the same principles of marketing the fact that they care about the relationship marketing that that person is important to them they would start getting that back and that's what they're doing at work they're saying this job means a lot to me so i'm going to really have a lot of pride. In Absolutely. Do.
3: But we do a thing where we, when we're at work, we lament we're not at home. And when we're at home, we lament that we're not at work. So we're not really present in either place. If we could say, you know what, I'm going to drop my work stuff at the door and be a hundred percent present at home, we would have a much deeper relationship there. And then when we go to work, if we you know, leave the home stuff, not that it leaves your head, but that you leave, you really focus on what you're doing. If you could really focus and, and leave that out of the equation, You'd be way more effective at work, get way more done, and be more focused.
1: So this is the book I have. You have other books. Why don't you raise um, the book to your screen? The one you like the most, or the one you want readers to get first?
3: Well, clearly, yeah. That, clearly, that's the that's the best one.
1: Um, best. That's the newest one. I always um, what I mean. Come on, Jim. Jim said, if you hold this book, you're going to look like a winner. So thank you, Jim, for that advice. <laughs> so, Absolutely. I listen to whatever Jim says, because you don't know at the end of the show, he might say, there, buddy, I'm going to plant one. So uh, what What can this can is gl- a good one, too? It's a very good one. So uh, give give us a nugget or two out of this. So we're, we have a minute or two. So give us a nugget or two that people could apply. OK, so the, the two main pieces I gave
3: in there as far as advice for people that are in relationship um one is it's not a 50 50 thing it's 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 go 100 right we think of it in terms of 50 50 but some days you're going to wake up and not feel real connected to that person so if you're only hit 20 and they're trying to hit 50 and they only hit 40 and even if they hit 50 you don't connect so being able to go 100 100 always that's the commitment you make the commitment then you live up to the commitment right it's not if you don't want to be in that space you don't want to make the commitment you don't want to live up to the commitment then you have to get out of the, the space but if you both make that commitment to 100% you'll always connect the other thing was never stop dating because a lot of times our marketing package is way more attractive than the actual product right and so we put the effort into dating and you know we do that and do it and do it and do it and then we get married that marketing works and she says yes and then we we stopped dating. We stop bringing her flowers. We stop taking her out. We stop opening her door for, we stop all the things that attracted her in the first place. And we wonder why it slides sideways. So, you know, and, and we get distracted with, with important things, right? If you ask my sons, who's the most important, uh, most important person in the house, they would tell you mom and, and people are mortified and go, no, 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 the kids are more, no, 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 no. The, and if you ask my sons, they will tell you, nope, mom was here before us. Mom's going to be here after us. We're kind of transient in this whole thing. So, you know, mom's the most important sp- space. And, and I think a lot of times um, people, they're married 25, 30, 40 years, and then they divorce. Well, that didn't happen overnight. And a lot of times I think they, the focus is so much on the kids, getting them to hockey and basketball and all the different things they got going on. And then when the kid leaves home. The parents look at each other and go, "Who are you?" Because I don't know each other. We don't know each other anymore. And so it's that it happened over time. They became roommates with benefits, and for a lot of married people, there's not even really benefits. It's just it's just roommates. But but uh, but so it, it goes away, right? So we want to be able to keep go 100 percent all in every day. Uh, that's a commitment you made. Live up to the commitment, and then never stop dating. Make sure you go on date nights. Make sure you you still you know bring flowers and and bring your chocolates and whatnot.
1: I love it. And you know what? Uh, It goes back to that golden rule. If you want 100% from your spouse, then you got to give 100%. And when you do that, 50%, that would never work at work. Hey, I would love this job. If you can handle getting only 50% from me, we're going to have a great relationship at work. (laughs) I mean, do a half hug. Like when you're hugging, you go kind of limp. like (laughs) On the stage, and people are like, what kind of hug is this? I'm just giving a 50% hug right now. I don't want to go. (laughs) Hey. <laughs> That's absolutely absolutely right. Follow you. How do people connect? How do people buy your book? Do, do you do uh do you have this or on the Amazon at Jeff Bezos? Uh, yep. Amazon?
3: It's on Amazon. Um, if you get it on Amazon, it says volume one. Um, it doesn't say if you want it from directly from me with my name on the cover, uh, you need to reach out to me. And and the easiest way is the bearded guy at gmail.com because it's easy to remember.
1: So easy. Yeah, the long bearded guy at gmail.com. Almost making it like people don't even have to think. I mean, that's, exactly. well, I don't know where that
3: comes from. Exactly. It's a little out of left
1: field, but yeah, because uh, you could have easily said the long bearded guy with a hat and some glasses, but you <laughs> I had to streamline it. It was too long. All right. Well, this is Ken Roshan or Voice America. You are being sponsored by, well, we're going to say Kenny sponsored it and, and these lovely books are sponsored at Voice America and Jeff Spinard, who's high in the sky looking down and giving us all the voice from Voice America. Thank you so much. Perfect Publishing the Key Smiling Movement. And remember, you go to Canada, you better know how to say Key Smiling A. We'll be back in a minute.
0: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at theumbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify.
1: We are back for segment two. And Jim uh, had inspired me over the camping weekend with Kenny at Boy Scouts to attempt to look the goatee part that most Canadians do. Some Canadians go a little crazy and do the full beard. But uh, I'm representing. I mean, I could go into Canada right now and people would be like, that's a Canadian. He fits in. <laughs> oh, so you got to hear uh, Gordon share his book, some advice, uh, in even his life story. I'm, I'm not sure if you learned or wanted to comment or anything, but I want to give that opportunity to you.
2: Yeah, no, I Gordon and I know each other because we only live within half hour of each other. You know, because that's the way it is in Canada. We're only half an hour from each other, right? Because it's such a small country. Exactly. But yeah, Gordon and I have known each other no for- almost no lakes and almost. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, we just walked everybody's house reindeer all right uh, yeah no we've we've known each other for quite a while so we've we've gotten to know each other's stories so so nothing shocked me nothing made me fall off my chair while i was listening to him i uh, and i absolutely agree with everything that he says he's just a a brilliant guy i know he's very passionate about what he does
1: awesome well you being the other brilliant guy on the show um i wanted to basically echo those same questions so uh if you could share you can leave out the part that you didn't really talk too much the first year i mean we can just get past that we'll skip that one (laughs) (laughs) you'll share where you were born and what your childhood was like and maybe a defining moment that caused you to be who you are today
2: yes so i i've um i was born and raised in a little town called galt ontario in canada and it's since has grown and amalgamated but i'm still in the same city that i grew up in i tried once to leave i went out west i ran out of money part way through and came back home again and struggled to get get myself going. So I've been in Canada, in, uh, in Galt, uh, Ontario, all of my life. And it's, uh, it's served me well. I've done really well here. I've started a company here. I've run it for 30 years and done and, um, everything from here. So it's it, it's been a fun experience. But growing up, for me, apart from not being able to speak the first year of my life, um, once I entered into school, I realized that things were a little bit different. You know, I was teased because I had a list problem when I was younger. And then I discovered I was dyslexic and so reading and writing and speaking out and reading aloud and such became a very very much challenging for me because i couldn't trust anything i read and so going to the blackboard you know writing out answers or writing things writing words i was often applauded with laughter because i was inadvertently switching letters and switching things around and so that was a real challenge for me so i began to step back in in school i wouldn't participate wouldn't engage And by the time I got to grade nine, I had about a grade five reading level and I quit school. I quit school when I was 16 because I thought if I could get out of here and get into something new, everything would be perfect. And and we all know that that isn't true. So I found that all that baggage was following me. And I discovered that people had a whole new set of language skills to, to describe what you were because you couldn't follow instructions and you couldn't add things and you couldn't measure things. You couldn't do all these things. And so about 10 years into marriage, after having two children, I got completely frustrated because, you know, education was catching up to me because the opportunities weren't there to grow and advance and to provide for my family. I really started to look at myself as a failure. I I really started to believe that I was all those things that people were saying. And so I drove my car out into the country. How old were you, Jim, when that around? At that point, I was 31. I was 31. I'd been married for 10 years. I got married, uh, when I was 21, going on 22. And, uh, yeah. So at 31, I decided, you know what? This is it. So I, I hopped in my car. I was just going to drive off into the country, park my car, walk into the woods and walk off into the sunset and not return. And it was in that moment that there was this divine intervention that came and, and I started to see things in a different light. And it was in that moment that, that changed me that I, I started to look that there were some people that were impacting me and, and you know and encouraging me through my life but i was ignoring it because i was just focused on the negative things and on the things that you know were right in front of my face all the time and so that started to change my life and and it was in that moment that i i started to work on my own education but i also started looking back at younger people coming up and seeing the struggles they were going through and i didn't want to see people impact or struggle the way I struggled. And so I just made it my life mission, my life purpose to really support and encourage the wallflowers, the one that hung on the side that didn't really feel that they belonged, that didn't feel that they were part of the group. I started to work with with my own children, of course, but that led me into youth ministry. I, I spent 23 years as a youth pastor uh, supporting and encouraging kids because I wanted their experience growing up through high school and going into college and university to be different than mine. I mean, I didn't experience anything going into high school. I had a year and a half high school experience, and that was that was it. But that was the that's what really kind of set me on the path to where I am today.
1: Well, I have three questions for you that came out. One, and I think Gordon uh, is... Shared this same question with me earlier. Why do they make the word lisp so hard to say for people that have lisp? I mean, that is uh, that's not right. Put an, who is yeah, that? That's right. Yeah, yeah, Put an S in that word. That was that's word right. Man.
2: Put an S in a word that a guy has a problem saying already.
1: Yeah, and so let's make it a let's make it a little bit of a mission for us to kind of correct that. And also dyslexia that should be spelled the same way both ways. There's no reason. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Am I right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The books behind you. My third question is, you're going to find maybe a little more serious than the first two. Um, so you read a, a lot? Or do you audible? Uh, how how, how did you uh, conquer it?
2: So for me, it was probably one of the most impactful people in my life. It was a, a pastor that was mentoring me at the time. And he was a very learned man i mean i've always loved books i love the idea of books i've always loved it ever since i was a kid never read a full book growing up through high school or uh you know growing up as a kid never read any books and I decided that, you know, through that journey, that transition of, you know, at 31, where I was really struggling, I thought, okay, let's go back to high school and get my diploma. So I got working on that part-time and I got bored with it. And all I needed was a senior math and a senior English, but I just got bored with it. And I thought, okay, what do people do after high school? Well, they go to college. So I said, let's try college. So I went to college and I took an English course of all things. I took an English course thinking that would set me up for success. Well, I got halfway through that. I was so confused. I didn't know what any of the terms were. I was really confused. So I got bored, stepped out of that. So I said, well, what do they do after high school and and college? Well, they go to university. So I thought, I'll sign up for a university course. So I signed up for a university psychology course because I love the mind. I love that that whole thing. So I thought, that's the place where I need to go. So I got going and halfway through it or partway into it, I really started to struggle. But instead of quitting, I said, okay, there's got to be a way through this. And so I reached out to my mentor at the time and I said, help me to learn. He sat with me for four hours, one Saturday afternoon, and he taught me how to read a book to retain the knowledge. And the first book I ever read from cover to cover was a 373-page psychology textbook, and I've still got the binder with 23 pages of three ring notes that I took going through that. So I never had to go back and reread it. I knew exactly where things were that I needed to find if I needed them. And that, all of a sudden, that opened up a whole new world for me. So it, what, I wasn't afraid to read. I wasn't afraid to study. I'm still a bit of a slow reader, but I still, I love to read, love to research. And I'll spend hours, I'll stay up till three, four in the morning, researching and studying. If I have to speak on something, I will know that topic until I, you know, really comfortable with it.
1: What I found is uh, I really slowed down my speaking so that I can read faster. Mm. It helped me a lot. How about you, Gordon?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I've been reading between five to seven books a month for the better part of 35 years. Really? I love to read. Love
1: to read. So all the books behind you, um, you've read them?
3: Uh, all the books behind me, there's uh, one, two, three, four, five. There's five bookcases that go three quarters
1: of the way up the
3: floor that are packed.
1: Yeah. Love yeah. to read. One thing I love about bookcases is when you put books on them, they look so naked without them. <laughs> You go, store, you go to the store and say, I need a book about that thick. <laughs> Just to complete the collection. Exactly. So how about you? I see, book, are those books uh, ones you've read? Yeah, these are all books
2: that I've read and I'm the same thing. I've got books, you know, in front of me and to the side of me, but uh, yeah, I do a lot more
1: reading now. mean host would say, turn the camera, but I'm not, I'm not like that. I'm not mean because I don't want you to do that to me and everyone sees bare bookshelves. <laughs>
2: yeah, <that's
1: right. laughs> So uh talk about this book. You got uh, you got a couple F's to go through here. And thank you for not making it 52 Fs, by the way. We just don't have that kind of time.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, that would be that would be a trouble. Well, you know, it was funny. I met with a young couple. Is that and, Gordon?
1: Sorry? Is that a picture of Gordon?
2: Yeah, that's Gordon when he was younger and he had a little bit of hair, wasn't it? And he didn't have the beard because the beard wasn't hanging over But yeah. He was the only one we could get posed long enough to hold that pose so we could get a good shot. <laughs>
1: Man, did I set you up? I mean, was that volleyball or what? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jim. So uh, let's talk about your book.
2: Yes. So I I was meeting with a young couple and we were talking about their upcoming wedding. And I was sharing some of the F's that I wrote about in the book. And, and the bride-to-be, she leaned forward and with tears in her eyes, and she, and I said, what's the matter? And she said, I'm 25 years old, and nobody's ever told me these things. Nobody's ever told me that I should look at my, my faith values, look at my financial values, look at, at my family values, and so on, and express that with a partner. Nobody ever told me I should do those things. And that was the moment that I decided to write that book, because it was always stuff that I taught for 23 years. I taught high school students. Once they got to that age where they found the first love of their life, right, we we had the talk and we just started to line up their values and what the call was on their life, et cetera. And so that's when I decided to write that book. And so that book, basically, it's just 11 values that I really believe that people need to look at. And if we can look at them before we enter into a relationship, I think we'll set ourselves up for greater success. If we know what we believe in terms of our faith values, our family values, our financial values, our future goals, if we know what those are before we enter into a relationship, I think we've got a far better um opportunity to set it up for success rather than getting into a relationship going oh well your future goals are completely different than my future goals i mean where is this relationship going and and it goes in one of two places they'd either tension because now that one or the other has compromised and so there's complete frustration another f word a complete frustration with it or they just separate and they just they just go separate directions and so that's that's why I wrote that book. And I'm in the midst of just updating it as well, because I wrote it six years ago now. And and I just want to update it and and just kind of, um, you know, reevaluate and just just add a little bit more stuff to them. We'd like to see a 12th F in the new the A new. 12th F. OK, yeah, I think there's a 12th one that people use quite often in the English language, both on the U.S. and Canadian side. Uh, I, I I avoided that one.
1: Yeah. And it, and it ends with a on the, on the Canadian side, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so uh, i got i got faith family financial future frustration was frustration one of them
2: frustration is one of them
1: yes yeah <clears throat> and so go, go ahead uh, did i miss any that you said already
2: um no i don't think you missed any that i said already but we i talk about faithfulness in the book you know it's it's one of those things we probably shouldn't need to talk about when we enter into a relationship but it's a good thing to be talking about right talking about you know just becoming faithful uh, i talk about forever you know we we commit let's you know we and, and when people get married they're committing forever but what is forever what does that what does that really mean uh frisky uh so you know that's that's the intimate part. That's the keeping it fun part. That's keeping it to, you know keeping it real. Uh, flexibility. You know, just being being uh, flexible in our relationships. We can get so rigid as we get older and set in our ways. So staying flexible. Um, I've lost count of where I am on things. So,
1: and I'll do them. Okay. Faith, faith, family, financial, future, frustration, flexibility, frisky, faithfulness, forever. Yeah, I think that was that's it. Is that. Well, you got two more according to... Uh, let me do the math. Let me get my calculator out. <laughs> Take your sandals off.
2: Get the, get the calculator out.
1: You can actually, for the spirit of this, you can make up two F words if you want.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously got to refresh my memory because I can't remember what the In other contents, the other two are. But there it is. It, there it is. It's the forward. It's forward. <laughs> the forward. <laughs> so what did we miss? We missed... Did I say family?
1: Yes, that was the second one you said.
2: Uh, Feasting. That's another one that we talked about. Feasting. The habits are drinking and eating habits.
1: Jim, you've never said feasting as long as I've known you. So this is a really big breakthrough for us. (laughs) All right. And there's one more. Are we going to find it? No, I think we got everything. Faith, family, friendships, future,
2: finances, frustration, faithfulness, frisky, forever, feasting,
1: and flexible. It was friendships. That's what was missing. Oh, I didn't put friendships. Well, there you
2: go. I thought I said that one at the beginning, but
1: there you go. That's why we I asked found you. it. And and as and what's weird is I'm not your friend anymore because you actually didn't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, friendship's really important. That's I mean, they're all important. Sure. Well, and it's not
2: only the friendship that we develop in inside the relationship, but it's the friendship, uh, you know, influences on the outside of the relationship that we need to look at because sometimes, especially as guys, you know, we we cannot we, we sometimes don't see the influence that some of our friends can have over our lives. You know, we're just, we're caught up with the guys, you know, we've always been on sport teams or whatever. We're just kind of caught in the moment and it's just been our lifestyle. We don't see the influence, but uh, believe me,
1: your partner can see the influence. I, I have two more F ones for you. Yeah. Great. Um, this one one is, uh, I mean, they're both serious actually, but uh, forthrightness, forth, forthright being forthright, mm-hmm. like what they're forthright, what they're, belief system and you may have covered it in a different way there but yeah. and then uh fighting I, I you know fight the way you best can avoid a fight or the best way to honor listen and get past a fight yeah no that's that's good is a different word that's things yeah.
2: but i do i do include the the fighting and the arguing inside the frustration because hey that that's where it starts right when we start doing our first project together and
1: yeah. And I, I just would say, if you're updating the book, it's actually a magic chapter by itself because people get lost in the fight and they get lost in the fact they have to be right. And that's the worst way to actually look at a fight is a right and wrong situation. So yeah. I, I think it's beyond frustration. Yeah. And I don't want to have a fight about this with you on the live.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let's not do that. But I will take it to heart. I will take it. To we take lost it our friendship. The board of directors. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we've already, already lost our friendship. The last thing I want to do is have a fight with you on there. All
2: yeah, right. No, let's not do
1: that. Um, how do people connect with you? How do people get a copy of
2: this? Yeah, so they can go onto my website and get that. Of course it is on Amazon, but they can uh, the best place is to get it on my website. And you can connect with me at uh, coachjim360.com. All my contact information is there. Isn't that, see, tied it right back to that 360. And I also have a second one on there, Jim H. It's really simple. It was That was easier for me to remember rather than Coach Jim was Jim, Jim and my first initial H. It was just really easy for me to remember that one.
1: I love the fact that you even sneak a couple Fs in the front cover. You got, you got free. <laughs> and, you know, in a way that's also funny. Like what, what can you always counter? on that is, it's just something I'll give unconditionally. That's and sure. free, like having someone feel free in the relationship, free to be expressed. And then uh forward. I mean, you could never be too forward in a relationship that, with someone that you're intimate with. Can you? And maybe you can. Well, you maybe
2: <laughs> we'll have to save that for another chapter i'll maybe i'll consider that one
1: yeah and i'll tell you uh the 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 shot that i guess showed how forward you can be at events and why people should <laughs> is, is right here this is something that gordon was a little sad that he didn't get a nice little or right <laughs> I noticed that you are more apt to kiss a bald person than a hairy person because I noticed you had did not kiss one hairy person at the event. Is that,
2: yeah, that was the one and only guy I picked on a bald guy.
1: Yes, it was just it just looked it just looked so smooth. It
2: just looked too 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 kissable.
1: So do I? <laughs> I stand a chance?
2: <laughs> yeah. Next time we meet, I promise I'll kiss you right on the head.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so we um we have more time for this lovely uh, rapid fire. So rules of engagement. And uh, by the way, if we have the time, I think we do, I would like Gordon to ask a question and you'd ask a question. So we just fill it out a little more. So uh, we're going to start off with without saying your book that changed your life, which obviously it did. Um, What book changed your life, Gordon?
3: Uh, uh, Well, I mean, my Bible changed my life a lot. Um, That's it. The the laws of success success. was was another one that really, really because it went to the heart of thinking about stuff.
1: Yeah, no no expansion needed. What is the, Who's the author? Napoleon Hill. Great. All right, Jim? Yeah, my, you know, not to be too cliche, but yeah, it was,
2: it was the Bible for me as well. That was one of the ones that just really started to transform my life and really started to change things for me. Uh, second one. Second, second one would be The One Thing by Gary Keller. Um, it, it just really helped me to focus and narrow in, you know, yeah, and see things differently.
1: Oh, you're not supposed to be expanding, but I, I will say. Oh, sorry. I'm glad I'm glad that uh, the one thing didn't make you think of a thousand things. I mean <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh just just titles cuz we want to move through this. I want to get some questions from you guys. All so, right. um what is the uh, and, and sorry for getting so angry there. That was really uh unprofessional. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh Gordon, a uh, movie that inspires you. Rudy. Amen. All right, Jim. Uh one that inspires me is uh Desmond Washington in uh, Man on Fire. Awesome. Mm. All right. Um, who is your hero, Gordon? Uh, there's a bunch, but... Um, two. Give two. Um,
3: Zig Ziglar, because he was a huge impact.
2: Oh.
1: And and Napoleon Hill would be another one. Who? Napoleon Hill? Okay. Napoleon Hill. Uh, Jim?
2: Yeah, Les Brown, one of my first motivator guys that really inspired me. And if I think of superhero heroes, I would think of the Hulk, right? Just push them into a corner and there
1: was just that was it, right? All right. Well, let's expand then. We'll expand on this one. Who's someone you haven't met you'd like to meet, Gordon? Wow. Mm. Uh Barack Obama. All right. Jim? Wow. There's so many. I know. You can oh. do what you want.
3: You can that's, do two. That that that's that's tough. Well, you were on my top of my list for a long time, Ken, but we we solved that
2: one. So <laughs> <saw> that one. <laughs> I can't think of anybody off top of my head that I'd love to 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 meet I mean Jordan Peterson would be one of the characters I would love to meet you know who is it? Jordan Peterson that's yeah. he's go hot in the news and press right you know
1: yep all right um let's go with uh let's go with a quote you live by Gordon
2: mm.
3: um zig said I can have whatever I want as long as I help enough other people get what they want amen servant heart
2: yeah and for me it's the um If you believe you can or cannot you're right that
1: one just always just makes me think every time i approach something and it is probably my number two or number three favorite quote henry ford and it's funny a guy like that came up with something that so many people embrace and understand that that is they're going to make it true they're going to make it true every time great dropout by the way so this is so rare this is where we're so efficient we actually have another couple minutes so gordon you can ask a question to either of us or to just Jim.
3: Um, we, you've been so generous with with asking questions, Ken. What's the next project you have going
1: on? Um, it is my son's. We're trying to get a book out for the for October thirty first. Kenny's scary stories, <laughs> and and my personal my forty sixth book is called "The Ten Mistakes You Make Making Mistake Books," and that is not a serious book, by the way. But I am going. To, I am putting it out there. I have to do one comedic book every like ten. Go ahead, Jim.
2: Yeah, I, I I want to do the same thing, Ken. I want to ask you a question. Like, what what really motivated you to to the the smiling project? I mean, I love that the whole idea, but what really inspired that?
1: Well, um, I am going to try and do this really briefly because that that is not a rapid fire question, but I will yeah. do it as brief as possible. I went on a seven year journey to find my purpose driven life. A man named Barry Shore handed me a key smiling card, and it was like. It lit me up. It was like the seven years finally made sense. I call it the John Belushi moment when he's in the Blues Brothers. He sees the light go through the mm. glass of the church, and he says, I see the light. That is what lit me up, and it reminded me of what my mom was about, which was uh, she was an eternal optimist, nothing mm. shaker. And wow. so every time I failed, I had a cheerleader that said, hey, get back up. You can do it. So wow. oh, That's why, great. Uh, Jim, do you have a question for Gordon or otherwise?
2: Do I have a question for Gordon? Gordon you, you, you don't
1: know, Al. I want to hear the question you don't know. The question we don't know. Um, Ask him who, who his favorite hug was. <laughs> is that a question you want to know? <laughs> Gordon, people
2: want to know, what is your favorite person you've
3: ever hugged? Uh, Whose people? Um, um, you know what? Uh, everybody I've ever hugged is a tie.
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, so diplomatic. diplomatic. So Canadian. I know. And we were going to get on the onslaught from about a million people that have been hugged <laughs> saying it he told me it was. Me. <laughs> exactly. They're all great hugs. They're all wonderful, wonderful hugs. All right. Well, um, what is something that you recommend people do uh, that would change their life? Real quick answer. Jim, let's go first with you.
2: I would say getting up and looking at yourself in the mirror every morning and saying what's one thing I did yesterday that I don't want to repeat today and and believe that you can make that difference believe that you can change that one thing and if you start stepping out on that one thing and then ask yourself next week another thing it will change your life dramatically one one degree at a time
1: that's the one thing right that's the one thing that's my one thing I'm wearing amplified and it's about amplifying the life of leaders that bring hope and inspiration to the world, but also cause community. I just wanna say, it is such an honor that I had both of you on and that Jesse made it such an easy assembly of three great judges. And Jesse has a new event, Mike Story has a new event in Orlando, if I recall, in February. So if you would like to meet some amazing people, who knows, you might meet some Canadians down there that are gonna be judging and helping you bring your message to the audience at a level of the highest authenticity, the highest connection, and most importantly, the highest impact. So I wanna say thank you. I, I listened to what you said to the people and you gave such heart-centered advice and uh, is is so valuable. So I will see you guys near the future when we have your Dose of Hope chapter. This is Ken Roshan on Amplified. And if you know someone who's inspiring the world and you think they belong on this program or would like to be nominate them for the Dose of Hope, by all means, connect, Ken, next and let me know how we can serve and amplify their goodness have a great week stay amplified
0: we hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of amplified be sure to join ken Roshan again next tuesday morning at 8 a.m pacific time and 11 a.m eastern time on the voice america business channel now go get your message heard